everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Hark, hail the Son of Righteousness. It's one of the, um, if not the most, I don't know, recognized Christmas hymn that we have during this time of year. And it's interesting that the writers of this, thanks, Tone, that the writers of, of this song were guys that maybe you're familiar, you're familiar with, John and Charles Wesley. John and Charles Wesley were just song, they were, they were songwriters, but they were also uh, evangelists. They contributed to the movement of the church and what God was doing uh, in the world, made a tremendous, tremendous impact. Actually, the original title of the song is, was this. This was the original t- title. Hark how all the welkin rings, glory to the king of kings. That was the original title of the song. In, in, so um, as you can imagine, as, as I said, uh, John uh, and, and Charles Wesley wrote this. When I was in Savannah, Georgia, a couple summers ago, uh, I took a picture of this. This is just as this is the picture of statue of John Wesley there, and just a founder of uh, the Methodist uh, uh, movement, and again made a tremendous impact, uh, proclaiming the word of God to the, to the world, and 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 God, you know, just used him and him and his brother. Uh, in, a, in a mighty, mighty way. And so that's who wrote the song, wrote it originally in that way. And so and it was originally or, or eventually rewritten to say, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. And so who changed that was this guy, uh, this guy right here, this handsome guy right here, George Whitefield. Uh, George Whitefield was um, uh, also an evangelist. He was supposedly friends with John and Charles Wesley, and he rewrote their their song um, in in that way. and And uh, he was he did an incredible impact uh, in the world of, of Christianity, uh, especially in uh, you know the beginning of America. The, the, the brought about the Great Awakening, uh, in, and uh, just just made an incredible impact. Well. Um, so, so George and John and Charles, friends, right? Um, George rewrote the, the song, you know, and said, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? Um, because what is a welkin ring? Anyways, right, what is that? Um, and so he rewrote it. And so John uh, Wesley, John Wesley, he, here's a statement that he made. Now, George, John, Charles, friends, but here's, what, here's a statement from John Wesley. Many gentlemen have done my brother and me, though without naming us, the honor of reprinting many of our hymns. Now they are perfectly welcome to do so, provided they print them just as they are. Okay, this is from John, and he goes on to say, but I desire that they would not attempt to mend them, for they are really not able. None of them is able to mend either the sense or the verse. Therefore, I must beg of, of them one of these two favors, either to let them stand just as they are, to take them for better, for worse, he goes on to say, or to add the true reading in the margin or at the bottom of the page that we may no longer be accountable either for the nonsense or for the doggerel of other men. Now, I don't know, I don't know, 
But I think maybe John was offended with his friend George Whitefield for renaming and reworking some of his songs. So just, just a little history note, history lesson. Um, but well, anyways, so what they kept was hark, right? They kept hark. What in the world is hark? We don't like hark, you know, like hark. Like I wanted to just come up and be like, hark, hark. And really what hark means is, maybe you already know, but I had, to, I had to learn, pay attention. Like, pay attention. Are you listening? Are you listening? So, um, so that's what we're calling this Christmas series, hark. Pay attention. Are you listening? All right, are you listening? So this is what, so the song was, was inspired by, obviously, Luke 2. We're going to read Luke 2. In the same region, there was some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping their watch over their flock. At night, this is in verse 9, and an angel of the Lord suddenly uh, stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Verse 10, and so the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Verse 11, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the, with the angel a multitude of heavenly army of angels, praising God and saying, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people whom he is pleased. So um, I don't know about you, but it doesn't, oftentimes feel like in this world there's peace, is there? I don't know about you, but every time I turn around, there's always just this unsettling feeling. There's always this, seems like this angst. There's always this tension. There's always this rub that is happening within the world that we live in. And we, as we mentioned before, we can't even be certain that our kids are safe in their own schools. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Well, that's what the angel proclaimed, right? The angel said, hey, there's going to be peace on earth. There's going to be peace on earth. Now, when this, when this happened, while this moment happened in this culture at this time, um, there wasn't even really all that much peace on earth. It wasn't really much different than the world that we live in. I mean, the, the, you know, the taxes were, were still high. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the jobs were, uh, opportunities were, were still low. Um, you know, the, 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 you know the, the government was still, felt still oppressive and, 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 and ruled and, and wanted to dictate things. I mean, um, that culture wasn't much different than, than our culture that we live in. Though, if you looked at it and, and, and looked back at it, it was, it was the, the historians would say it was, it was the most stable of times. But yet the people would say, even in that moment, in those days, man, it didn't feel like peace on earth at all. It didn't feel like peace on earth at all. I mean, they were under Roman rule, and Roman rule that they were under was, you know, was about the glory of Rome. You've maybe heard that, the glory of Rome, the glory of Rome, and, and it was peaceful unless you challenged them, but for the most part, it was peaceful. 
They, they instituted the Pax Romana, which was a, you know, a way for people to be able to travel. So they, you know, all, they built these Roman roads. You've heard of that, Roman roads. They built their roads that, you know, and, and, they, and they, they would allow people, they let people travel peacefully. They made sure that people could get to point A to point B, you know, and make sure that they were there safe. And that wasn't the case before. But Rome, they, they ruled at that time and, and they brought about some sort, of, some sort of peace, but yet still people didn't feel that peace, right? During that time, there was this incredible amount of Greek reasoning, you know, Pythagoras and Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. I mean, these were the, the thinkers of that time. These were people were, were drawing from their wisdom and their discernment and how to do life and, you know, how to navigate through this, this uncertain world. That's where their reasonings were coming from. They were coming, coming from some of the greatest philosophers and thinkers in history. But yet, there was no peace. There was no peace. I mean, even Jewish religion, they had a monotheistic belief system, which was unique in that, in that day, in that time, you know, that God was just, but he was, but he was fair. So you had all these things that, you know, that, that, that provided, or at least you would think, and the historians would look back and go, wow, you know, Roman control, Greek, you know, thought processes, you know, Jewish religion, and yet there was still no peace, no peace, no contentment, no, no ability to be able to have a good night's sleep, rest at night, have assurances of anything, no, nothing whatsoever, even though the world showed and the world was established that everything should have been at peace, but it wasn't, but it wasn't. And at this time right here, Roman rule, Greek reasoning, Jewish religion, that's when God sent his son. And that's why the angel proclaimed, now you can have peace on earth. Not for everybody, but for those whom his favor rests, right? To those who he is pleased with. Who is that? Those who put their faith in Jesus, you can have peace. Rome can't give it to you. The Greeks can't give it to you. And the Jewish religion can't give to you. But the angel out of the, out in the heavens is saying to you and to me, hey, you want peace on earth? Here's my son. Here's my son. Jesus said it this way in John 14. Peace I leave you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Rome couldn't do it. The Greeks couldn't do it. Jewish religion couldn't do it. Policies can't do it. Legislation can't do it. A better marriage can't do it. Nicer kids, more you know, behaved kids can't do it. More money in your bank account can't do it. A better job can't do it. Better health won't do it. Like, we can try, but it won't. Jesus says, the peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Not, do not let your hearts be troubled nor be fearful. You see, here's what Jesus is trying to say. Worldly peace, worldly peace is something you have to work to get, right? 
We think if I work to get you know, a better job, then I'll, have, I'll be able to sleep better at night. Or if I work to get more money, I'll, I'll have more peace and sound mind and be able to rest better or I'll have less anxiety. If I, you know, if I just get my emotions in order or my physical life in order, then, then I'll be able to, if I work to get that, then that will give me peace. But Jesus' peace is a free gift. It's a free gift. You see, the world's peace says this. The world's peace says, number one, you need it. You need it, right? The world's peace says, you need that vacation, right? The world's peace says, if you take that trip, if you go on that escape, if you take that pill, if you watch that porn, if you, you know, view that, drink that, you know, whatever, you, the world says, you need it, you need it, you need it. If you, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, then you'll get peace. You need it, you need it, you need it. This is the world's way. The world says, you need it, you need it. The other thing the world says is this, you earned it, you earned it, you earned that promotion, you earned that job. You earned that spot. You, you deserve that raise, right? You earned it. You earned it. Then you'll have peace. That's what the world says. It's what's marketed to us. It's what, it's what the world tells us every day. It's in our television shows. It's in our songs that we listen to. It's in the, the, the news that we watch. It's, it's, it's everywhere the world is telling us. It's what's how the world markets to us. You need it. When you get it, you'll have peace. You earned it. And when you get it, you'll have peace. And the other thing that the world says is, you deserve it. You deserve it. Come on, you worked hard. You deserve that. You deserve that, you know, to, to work on yourself, to better yourself, and all those. None of those things are bad things. Like, work out. See a counselor. All those things are good things. Like, do those things. Like, but listen, those, that's not the solution. It's not the solution to your peace. If you think that what the world could give you because you need it, because you earned it, because you deserve it, I'm sorry. And I know this isn't popular. You wanna be like, you wanna hear a preacher go, you need it, you earned it, you deserve it, because it makes us feel better, right? It makes us feel better. Listen, I, I'm not that kind of guy. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, you deserve it. You don't. Sorry, I love you, but you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We, 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 what you deserve, what I deserve, we, is called grace. That We get grace. That's what we get, right? So let's not talk about what we deserve. This is, the, this is what the world's saying. Listen, you can't find it. You're not gonna find peace in this world. You're not gonna find it here. They couldn't find it with Roman rule. They couldn't find it with Greek reasoning. And they couldn't find it with Jewish religion or any religion for that matter. It's found in Jesus. It's the peace that he gives. And it's a gift. It's a free gift. Jesus is going, come on, I've got your peace. I've got it. You see what happens? What happens to all of us is this. We look within, no peace. We look up, we know peace. We look within, no peace. This is what we do. We look within. We think, I'm gonna find my peace when I look within myself. I'm gonna work hard at it. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get it. I'm gonna look in instead of looking up. 
This is what we always do. We always go internal. We always go internal. We look to find our identity formation and who we are and what we're about and what we're supposed to do and how we need it and how we deserve it and how we earned it. We always look within. And when we look within, there's no peace. But when we look up, there's peace. There's peace when we look up. When we see Jesus or when we envision whatever the scene was when the angel, you know, in the heavenlies were proclaiming, come on, you can have peace on earth, peace on earth. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to lose sleep. You don't have to be afraid. You can know peace, but it's not by looking within. You know a great example of looking within is from my daughter's and my niece's favorite Scandinavian poet. It's, it, it's, it's from my daughter's and my niece's favorite Scandinavian poet. Here's what she said. It's funny how some distance makes everything seem small and the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. Let it go. I'm one with the wind and sky. Let it go, let it go. You'll never see me cry. Here I stand and here I stay. Let the storm rage on the cold You know, this is like, have you ever seen the, the movie? You guys act like you've never seen the movie before, like, right? Come on, come on, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a, it's a phenomenal movie. You gotta watch Frozen, okay? Frozen 2, eh, Frozen 1, it's amazing. It's amazing, right? And here, like, this is what she did, right? Elsa, she's like, you know, she's like, I, you know, and she's got, the, you know, the, the, this girl's got some anger issues, right? She almost killed her sister. You know, my daughter said not once, but twice, dad. She almost killed her twice. Like, like, like she's got some issues and she thought, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna look inside of myself. I'm gonna go. And she built this ice castle in isolation by herself. Was she happy? No. Did she find peace? No. No. This is what happens. This is what happens to all of us. We start to internalize it. We start to look inward. And we start to look inward. And we think, my rules, you know, no rules, no boundaries. And you think you're free. Nothing's gonna control me. I'm gonna isolate myself. Cold never bothers me anyways, right? You, 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 you say it in your head, right? Cold never bothers me anyways. Like we just, we, what happens is we internalize things and there's no peace. So we can keep doing that and we can keep living in our, our own isolation. We can keep looking inside of ourselves to find the thing in us that we think will give us happiness or give us peace and you'll never find it. You'll never find it. It's only found in Jesus. Amen. Jesus said it this way in John 16. These things I have spoken to you so that in me, 
you may have peace. In the world, what are you going to have? Tribulation. Come on. (laughs) Jesus is going, I know the world. Like, I know how it's going to be. It's going to be full of tribulation. It's going to be hard and challenging and difficult and frustrating and senseless. It's, it's evil. It's broken. Like, you, you think you're going to find your peace in this world? It's tribulation. Like, what are we, what are we surprised about? Why are we shocked? Why are we surprised that we, anytime we continue to try to pursue something in this world, it never fills that void? It always continues to leave us more empty and less unsettled. And so Jesus is going, come on. I I, I want you to know that in me you can have peace. Because in this world you're going to have tribulation. I I want you to take courage. I want you to take courage. Because I've overcome the world. I, don't, I, don't, I, want, I want you to have courage in the fact that I have overcome the world, that I have victory in this world. You can walk in victory of knowing what Jesus has already done for us, what Jesus can provide for you and for me. And what he can provide is peace. You see, the world gives peace when there's absence of trouble. The world gives peace when there's an absence of trouble. We have some sort of rest and when there's no, nothing, no problems, right? But Jesus gives peace in spite of it. In spite of it. I love the next part of the song. Peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Isn't that amazing? Mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. That God gave us mercy. He not only gives us peace, but he gives us mercy. You see, for me, mercy isn't mild. I, I, I don't know. You know, I understand what they're what they trying to say there. But for me, God's mercy, God's mercy is wild. And God and sinners reconciled. Like, God's mercy is wild, what God would do. God is like, here, here's, what, here's the way Paul wrote it. Here's the way Paul wrote it in Ephesians. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, that even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. His mercy for you and for me is wild. He's rich in mercy. You were, you and I were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And he comes into and resides in us and he brings us back to life again. That we can have a relationship with him. That's crazy wild, isn't it? God's mercy for us is crazy wild. I mean, this is he's, his great love for us, that you were dead. You were done. You were, you were finished. Like, God, there's no, like, I'm okay with God or I'm on good terms with God. But it's black and white with God. 
it's black and white with God. You're either dead or you're alive, right? And before Christ, you were dead in your sins. And your destination was a place that we should wish no one to go to. But Jesus came. Jesus came because of God's rich mercy for us that he sent his son and he died for you so that you can put your faith in him and receive the gift of peace and receive mercy and receive grace and find help in need and he brings you back to life again. That's rich. That's wild. You know, um, lately in the news over the last few months, You've seen these rich guys, right? Jeff Bezos, um, uh, Richard Branson, and Elon Musk, right? These guys. These guys were in a race to space. Have you, ever, have you seen this on the news? They were in a race to space. They both, they're so rich, they have so much money that they built these space shuttles to, see, to, to go and to fly into space. And they were each in a race to try to get to, I mean, how much money... I don't even, can anybody process that? Like, it's like, you have so much money, you're so rich that you're like, I don't know what, there's nothing here on earth for me to see. Let's go, (laughs) I want to go to space. Like, I want to, I want to get up to this, I want to see earth from a different perspective that not a lot of people see. That's how rich these guys are. I mean, you know why they did that? You know why they did that? Because they can. I know, I just blew your mind. You know why they did that? Because they can. Because they can. You know why God sent his son Jesus to be the perfect sacrificial lamb for your sins and for mine so that you can receive peace, not that the world gives, but what Jesus gives, and you can have mercy that is mild and wild, It's because he can. Aren't you glad that we have a God who's rich in mercy, who's willing to go far and beyond to to come to us, send an angel first to proclaim the news to us? Hey, you want peace? It's in here. It's found in me. You want peace? You want mercy? I've got it. I'm rich of Mercy. But you know what mercy is about? Mercy is about understanding that, that God showed mercy on you, and then you in turn show mercy on others. You know that mercy is, is forgiveness forward. Mercy is showing compassion. Mercy is being patient. Mercy is showing kindness. Mercy is doing good. This is the idea of mercy. This was what Jesus demonstrated. It's what God exhibited. He was rich in mercy and he extended himself out to you and to me. And to say, hey, hey, I'm doing this because I can do this. Not because you earned it, not because you deserve it, but because I can do it. 
And I'm going to go far and above and beyond what you can even think or ask or expect of me. And I did it because I'm rich in mercy. But in turn, I want you to show mercy to others. Here's what Jesus said about it. But love your enemies. Love your enemies. Now, who are your enemies? Let me, I got to clarify this. He's not talking about the devil. You don't, love, you don't need to love the devil, okay? He's, again, God is black and white, okay? He's black and white. If you have hurt, or, or excuse me, if you have hate in your heart or anger in your heart for somebody, that would be some, something that, that Jesus would say, that's your enemy. And you would be like, that's not really my enemy. I'm just, I'm just I'm not really getting along with them right now, or I don't really like them right now. And Jesus would go, well, in your heart, it's like they're your enemy. You with me? So, so again, it's, it's, it's always black and white. It's never middle ground gray with God. It's you, you have hate in your heart, jealousy in your heart, whatever, for somebody else that you're not getting along with, that's your enemy. Somebody that you don't agree with. Somebody doesn't share the same point of view as you. That the, Jesus would say, you would like, I don't, that's not the, like, they're not my enemy. That sounds like harsh, but I just don't like what they have to say about these issues or that policy or that approach, right? Jesus would go, no, that's your enemy. Oh, okay. And so Jesus would then go, okay, so now that we have an understanding of who your enemy is, love them. Love them. Love them. Oh, you, oh you, you, so you're telling me to love the person that I have issue with? Uh-huh. You mean I'm, I'm supposed to love the person that I don't agree with? That like posts things that I don't like and says things that I don't agree with? And yeah, yeah. Jesus is going, love them and do good. Not just like, Oh, okay, I can just, I'll just say I love them, but, you know, but I'm not gonna do anything about it. And Jesus is going, no, no, I want you to do good for them too. And lend, like, he's like, if they need something, you should like extend, you know, something to, to them. You should give them, like, you should lend them something. And, and, and you shouldn't expect anything in return. Like, this isn't, you know, uh, uh, something that you should be like, okay, if I'm gonna do this for you, you should do this for me kind of thing. Like, you should just, you should just lend them something and because it's the right thing to do. Oh, oh, it's by the way, it's how you love them. And then at this point, this is when I say, so you're still talking about the people that I don't, I don't, I don't, I have a hard time, they hurt me, they wronged me, they betrayed me, they stabbed me in the back, they don't agree with me. And Jesus at this time would go, yep. We're talking about the same people. I want you to love them. But I don't want you to say you love them. I want you to do good. And if they need something, you should lend them something without something in return. And when you do that, and you will be sons of the Most High, or daughters, sons and daughters of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and evil people. Your heavenly Father 
is kind to ungrateful people. I know an ungrateful person right here. And my heavenly father, with this ungrateful person, he's been really kind. Anybody else? I know an evil person. Right, no. Um, <laughs> right here. Right here. And he's been still kind. You're like, oh, Pastor, you're not evil. Oh, man. If you knew some of the things in here. Don't make me start pointing a finger at your heart. I'm pointing a finger at my heart. Things that I'm not proud of. Things I wish I wouldn't say. Things I wish I wouldn't do. Things I wish I wouldn't think. Things I wish I wouldn't feel. And the most high, he's so kind. That's mercy. That's mercy. And Jesus, just because I'm, I'm dumb, I'm, I'm not smart. Jesus said, let me give you another verse to be clear. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Love your enemy. Do good. Lend them something, even if there's an opportunity to do that, without even expecting anything in return. You'll be like a son and daughter of the Most High Heavenly Father. Because God, God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil people like me. So you be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So you want peace? It's found in Jesus. You want mercy and to be merciful? It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. And as the song goes, here's our takeaways as I wrap up. Here's our takeaways. As the song, joyful, all ye nations rise. Hey, let's raise up the joy. What do you think? Let's raise up the level of joy. Because if you have Jesus' peace, it's in spite. It's in spite of difficulties. In me, you can have peace. In this world, you're gonna have tribulations. You can still have peace in spite of situations. And so if we have Jesus' peace and if we received Jesus' mercy, because he's rich of it, let's let the joyfulness rise. What do we think, church? Let's like amp up the joy level in our life. Let's not walk around like we're trying to find peace on earth from earth. Let's not do that. 
Let's say, hey, I'm, my joy is found in the Lord. My joy is not found in this circumstance or this situation or this relationship or this amount of money or this job or this health situation. My joy is in him because he gives me peace and he showed me mercy even when I'm ungrateful and even when I'm evil, I'm gonna be joyful. Let's raise up the joy level. What do you think, church? Let's raise it up. Number two, let's join the triumph of the skies. Let's join in. Let's, in other words, let's walk in the victory that we already have. Hello? Listen, I know I've, I've heard this ever since I was a little kid, so I'm going to sound like your old preacher, okay? I read, are you, with, are you ready for this? Oh, are you ready for this? For those that have been in church a long time, I've read the end of the story and we, we win. Hello? We win. We've won. It's over. Death. Grave, hell, Satan, it's, he's finished. He's done. It's over. Quit letting him have a foothold in your life. Quit allowing him to buzz around and to cause disturbances and to get us out of walking triumphantly. We should walk in victory. We walk in that. We've already won. Listen, you're not, you're not a victim. Stop playing a victim. Listen, I sympathize and my heart breaks for your story. It breaks my heart for what you've had to deal with and what you've gone through and what you've experienced in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the times where you've been mistreated and wronged and abused and, and all the things. I, listen, I, my heart breaks for that. But listen, there's nothing more redeeming and beautiful when you can know that, I, listen, that was a situation and a circumstance that happened in my life that I would never wish upon anybody else. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out of that in victory because I'm already walking triumphantly. I'm not going to let that situation define my story. My story is in the story of redemption that God brings everything that is broken and he puts it back together. God brings everything that is lost to be found. God brings everything dead and he brings it back to life again. That's your story. Join the triumph. The skies proclaimed the sky, the, all the, it was an angel, an angel, and then a multitude of angels. And they're going, come on, join us. Join us. The victory, he, the, the, Jesus came and he's going to live a perfect sinless life and he's going to die on a Roman cross for your sins and he's going to conquer the grave and he's going to rise again so that you can walk in newness of life by just putting your faith in him and you can have peace in him and you can receive the mercies of God and the grace of God and to understand the will of God and the plan of God for your life. Walk in that Victory. You're not a victim. 
you're a victor. Join in that. The angels are pro- were proclaiming it from day, from day one. Come on. You want peace? It's in him. You want to receive mercy? It's in him. You want joy to rise? It's in him. You have victory. That's your story. Walk in triumph. Third thing. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. You know why? You know what God could have done? God could have come and brought in a multitude of heavenly hosts, a multitude of angels, and said to all throughout history, you follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. You know what would have happened? You know what would have happened? It would have terrified everyone. Everyone. I mean, think about it. Listen, listen, listen. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude, but I really sometimes have doubts of people that say that they had angel encounters. They saw an angel. Because every time that I read the scripture, whenever an angel shows up, people are deathly afraid. Anytime, any, any, they, they mistake them for, for God. And so if an angel just showed up, and, and, and if an angel shows up right now, like we're, we're running, we're out of here, we're terrified. It's gonna, it would happen. It would happen. If that didn't happen, you would, you would, bow, you would fall to your knees and, and start to worship it because you would mistake it for, for Jesus coming back again. So that's why God is like, I'm, I'm going to send an angel. And, and God sent an angel to a bunch of shepherds tending to their sheep, right, at night. And, 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 and these shepherds, these guys weren't wimps. These guys were typically not afraid of anything. And you know what it said when an angel showed up to the shepherds who don't typically get afraid? They were terribly afraid. <laughs> they were terribly frightened. So instead, God goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going to send a bunch of angels because it would just fear people into following me. I'm going to have people proclaim that Christ is born. I'm going to have human with the Spirit of God proclaim that Christ is born in Bethlehem. And you know why God chooses human and not angels? A, because God doesn't want to have anyone fear their way into following Jesus. Are you with me? We, unlike angels, have experienced the grace and the mercy and the kindness and the compassion and the peace and the joy of God. And those of us 
that have experienced that, unlike angels, you know what we should be doing? Proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. And you can have that grace. And you can have that mercy. And you can have that peace. And you can have that joy. And you can have that fulfillment. And you can have that purpose. And you can have that forgiveness. the joy let's join in triumph let's walk in the victory and with the angels let's proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem and he's the savior of the world and he's the solution he's the solution to all of earth's tribulations. He's the antidote. He's the one. Nothing else. Nothing in this world. Only Jesus. Father, uh, I hope that we were paying attention. I hope We understand that looking within, there's no peace. But when we look up, we can know peace. Not found in this world, but only found in you. In your mercy, you were rich. And you came to this earth because you can, and only you can. And we can, because you can, we can show mercy to even evil people, even our enemies. So because we have mercy and because we have peace, let our joy rise, God, in, this, in our hearts, individually, corporately. Let our joy rise. God, help us to, to remember that we won. It's finished. It's over. It's done. We have victory. I pray, Lord, that we join and we walk in that triumph. And that we proclaim that we're a people that proclaim that you came to this earth in a lonely manger, grew up, lived a perfect, sinless life, laid yourself down on a cross for our brokenness and sin and shame and evil in our hearts and ungratitude in our hearts. You laid yourself down for us. But the grave couldn't hold you. Death couldn't hold you. And you conquered it. And you brought victory for all of those who put their faith in you. 
God, we thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that that we proclaim that because that's the solution. That's the answer to this broken world. It's you. In Jesus' name, amen.